0: okay i got it i got it i got it i got it hold on hold on here we go hello everyone welcome to Hell reaper
1: my name is philip and this is my good friend
0: jeremy <laughs> what's going on not much hey
1: did you start watching the mandalorian yet no i haven't i continue to say i will but i'm lying to my friends and i'm lying to myself i don't think i'll ever watch it i don't think you will either i'm, I'm here to call you out everyone demands answers well i'm slightly lazy mm-hmm check and i kind of value my family a lot which is a better quality of myself but um okay this
0: interview's over
2: hello everyone welcome to hill reaper my name is philip and this is my good friend jeremy how you doing i'm doing great how about yourself I'm doing well. I had uh, cauliflower tacos for dinner. I'd add a little bit of meat in there, but I would eat those cauliflower tacos. <laughs> no meat, that was, it was super California to have the cauliflower tacos. That sounds delicious. We wanted to come on and do something different for you guys this week. We are doing what's called a drop-in episode. And that drop-in episode is to give you a sneak peek behind the scenes of how we make Hail Reaper, talk about our processes, but also kind of talk about how we relate to Red Rising and our feelings on Red Rising and how it kind of funnels our creativity. And a big part of that creative process has been mathar they are part of our sound design editing and directing and we wanted to talk to them about that so let's talk about it let's talk about broadcast i want to share a story about broadcast mathar you've not heard this story yet but i was looking for a ben show towards the beginning of the pandemic and all six seasons of shitsqueak were completed and I was like, well, this looks like a fun, good show to, to dive into. And everyone said it's really funny. And so I started watching it and really fell in love with it. And it was really fun. And season five has my favorite kind of section of the show where they actually put on this play in the show, Cabaret. I've actually never seen Cabaret, but within the show, they put on this musical Cabaret. And as a component of that show, it has the character that's just named the MC. And I was like, kind of mesmerized by the idea of an MC for that musical and and kind of how that character interacted with the play itself. Like it was definitely talking to the audience, breaking that fourth wall, but the character was also very much in that world. And I was like, I was obsessed with the idea of how cool that was. And I was like, what if, Jeremy, what if we could do that for Hail Reaper? And you really liked the idea too. And then through a series of processes and conversations, we talked like, what would broadcast actually do? And I want you to explain quickly your quick suggestion that made everything fall into place. Yeah, because we were kind of talking about who will broadcast be and, and what point will that fit?
1: And Mathar was able to create broadcast because they are the same. But the role we gave broadcast was that of a howler. It really fit in to be that kind of military radio operator. And and that just kind of really seemed to, to fit the mold well. And then from there, I think Mathar just really built out that character.
0: Yeah, we had kicked around the idea of like a fictional character within the world of Hell Reaper. We talked about a character that would be voiced by someone else maybe, and they would read ads in the middle of the podcast, and maybe they would be a copper, you know, we had all these different ideas.
2: Oh yeah, the copper idea. Yeah, that was weird. I remember that. I forgot about that one.
0: We had talked about the concept of Red Rising Radio. I'm super obsessed with fiction storytelling. and podcasts where you're unfolding a world diving in and exploring things over like a serialized format and so i was talking to you about the idea of maybe trying a spin-off of that it was just like this little nugget of an idea with no real direction no legs whatsoever between that and this uh, i was given a howler name on the discord And you called me like pretty late in the day. You were like, I need to tell you this idea. I know it's late. Please pick up my call. And you had to pitch me on this idea of Severo's radio operator. And that was really what cemented it. Until that, we were all worried about it feeling campy, cheesy. Yeah. And so once that landed, it gave me purchase in the concept to be able to like, all right, I can dig into this. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. And once you actually have like the character voice, it's like the character voice came into my head immediately. And mm-hmm. then once you have that and you have like the role in the story, it's like everything else just flows.
2: Shout outs to Aaron in the Discord who actually gave you the name broadcast. Sub-Zero. She's like our namer within there and she does an amazing job. Sure, her name is Sub-Zero as her haller name.
0: Yeah, you got to hand it to Sub-Zero. Consistently cranking out bangers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she just way. named another one Face-Off and I was like, that was so because good. they like fencing. And I was like, that's the dopest name for a Howler is Face-Off. Absolutely. Not only the movie <laughs> with yeah. Nick Cage and John Travolta. But the idea of just a cool, like, our name just sounds
1: so rad. So Mathar, I I actually didn't know this about the instantaneous kind of voicing that broadcast had in your mind. So it was really like a snap of the fingers and it was a Cockney accent for you.
0: I, I don't know if there are any linguists in the audience. It's not accurate by any means. And what I imagined is that if an Aussie or New Zealander carried over in space generations later where they've never even seen that place. They've never come from that. Like I thought this person is just not that, right? They have this bronzy side that they uh, let hang out completely. So that's like, it's like a very lazy version of like TGR's like uh, (laughs) presentation of Severo in in the books.
2: I like that. We love broadcast. I think we've gotten, specifically for our patrons and the howlers in the discord they even like your ad copy reads like they make it fun to listen to ad copy because yeah. that is a real ad that's an ad spot that's tricky law that's our sponsor
0: i sent him the a screen cap of that comment and he just replied nice <laughs> nice
2: yeah, man, broadcast has been a lot of fun to create. I got to write those scripts and you're getting to take them and bring them to life. The last one in episode two was this. Some of you might have got it, some of you might have not, but it was essentially the same scene that several makes his entrance. Like broadcast isn't necessarily maybe physically there, but relaying information to the Howlers that are there, going into that room where Darrow's at. You kind of recreated that and to make it feel so, oh man, it felt so, it felt like you were just getting a different side of the story you read because you're only getting the Darrow POV but now we're showing like essentially the broadcast POV from a same moment.
0: It's so cool. This is I live for this kind of stuff. So you know, I've been talking to you about this show since before I worked on it. And one of the things I got most excited about with this opportunity is, you know, it's a chat cast, maybe first and foremost. You guys sit, you know, you have themes, topics, talking points, you have an outline. And yet there's so much more underneath the surface. And I saw that potential. And so this to me is the payoff of all those conversations we had about like, okay, what does this world actually sound like? Because no one's made a TV show yet. No one's made a movie yet. No one knows what this world really sounds like or feels like. And you had started to create like, inject like an aesthetic that maybe wasn't implied in the books, but feels right. And that's that kind of retro wave aesthetic. So getting to not only explore what these scenes might feel like, you know, in an auditory space, but also that textural element of like the outdated tech, retrowave, wave, synth wave soundtrack and scoring. It's very evocative. It gives me a very like visceral response when I listen to it. So more than anything, it's like endearing me even more to the books because now I feel like I'm getting to help, even if it doesn't end up being anything years from now, I'm getting to help materialize it in my own little way. And so super exciting
2: with season one when we were producing those episodes and making them with our uh with our friend tim who was a really good producer for us and did a lot of fun work jeremy and i just didn't have like the vision or the aesthetic kind of down we were like hinting at it a little bit but when we added you into the creation of this and kind of you coming on as a sound designer coming on as an editor and kind of taking that directorial role you're able to just push it even further like not just broadcast but all the sound design like the scenes themselves like We've had two scenes now that we're depicting the actual environmental elements sound physically there. The scene in episode one, we had Adrias and Darrow sitting at the restaurant and you're bringing these elements in of being at that restaurant, hearing you know clanky tables and dishes, and then kind of going forward into episode two, hearing that rainstorm sound, kind of being physically present with the characters as much as we can.
0: One that we didn't plan was that moment in episode one in which Jeremy starts to talk about how Darrow is a lost ship, That wasn't intended to be like underscored by anything, but it was just too perfect. It brought the whole idea of the book being melancholy to a close in episode one and I think set the stage for the rest of the season. So I'm just here to like dot the I's, cross the T's, you
1: know? And this is one of my favorite things about season two. We talked about that vintage kind of vibe and it's, you know, obviously part out of necessity because if you think of 700 years in the future. Really, that audio between comms is probably so pristine Mm -hmm. that it's actually better than what we can achieve Mm -hmm. uh, if we tried our our cleanest version of it. It wouldn't come across on audio, so it's more fun to give it the vintage vibe. And, and it, it actually portrays better, I think in audio. So the beeps and boobs, baby, I, I think <laughs> you're right. Because
0: when we first started talking about this, it was like, oh, I really want to like, imagine like, what other coms comms sound? Like I want to make my own com sound for like a futuristic show because everybody knows the sound of a lightsaber. Everybody knows the sound of a blaster rifle. Everybody knows those sounds. And I don't think I was there yet. It was like, I can't quite imagine yet. Like we also had time constraints. It's like, I don't really know. And so. We just went backwards. And then when I landed on, like I had a plugin that creates like a tape deck start and stop sound, just was like a happy accident. I was like, oh, this feels good. It may not be accurate, but it feels
1: good. Absolutely,
0: that's awesome. And so I would pitch it to the audience, like pause it. What do you think is the reason that it sounds this way? Cause maybe it's not like that across the, the solar system, but maybe it's this way for broadcast. They have to use this equipment for some reason. I, I'm, I'm curious what the fan theories might be about why it sounds the way that it does.
1: Some of our favorite IPs in the sci-fi realm use that vintage equipment. If you watch Star Wars, you know, like you said, it's antiquated, uh, Alien, Mm -hmm. right? The green screen, just green and black on their computer readouts. And our imaginations and our loves are stuck in the 70s and 80s when a lot of these great IPs came out in the sci-fi world. Mm -hmm. So I think appealing to that aesthetic vibe really does
2: work. And it's fun in spades, so
0: future according to tron
2: <laughs> tron was amazing when we were kids and we we're like holy crap but you look at it now and you just think wow that feels so dated but in the best way i like that we kind of all ride that wave together that makes it easy and it makes it fun to create and it makes it fun to talk about we do spend a lot of time creating these episodes and creating the flow and creating the sound and we really wanted to come on and just share that with you We've gotten so much good and positive feedback from the last two episodes that Mathar has been fully a part of. So we just wanted to talk more about broadcast, talk more about what we do as a process, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that. So we'll get out of here, and we'll be back next week with a character-driven episode. So until then, Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper. Hail Reaper.
0: Hail Reaper is a production of Catacomb Party. Thanks to Pierce Brown for creating this universe and thanks to all the contributors who make this show possible. We were engineered by Joshua Ramsey with editing and sound design by Mathar DeLeon. The bit of music you're hearing right now was written and produced by Sahab. If you enjoy what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice and follow at HellReaperPod on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for updates, giveaways, and more. You can support the show directly by joining our Patreon community, where we issue monthly bonus content, exclusive artwork, and hang about with all the howlers in the Discord. Visit patreon.com slash to learn more. This is Broadcast signing off. Until next time, hail the gory damn Reaper.